This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, many workers at the FDIC will be getting buyout offers. Democratic members of Congress make more attempts to protect federal telework programs. And a bill giving TSA officers more rights passes the House, but that may be as far as it goes. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Buyouts and early retirement offers are coming to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. The FDIC says it will make offers to 20% of its workforce next week. Employees who accept them will get incentive payments worth up to six months of their salaries. The agency will also close, consolidate, and relocate a handful of field offices. FDIC says both moves are an attempt to shed unnecessary management layers and address challenges with an aging workforce. 42% of the FDIC workforce is at or near retirement age. Two members of Congress make a plea to the Social Security Administration to reverse recent telework changes. House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Richard Neal and Senate Finance Committee Ranking Member Ron Wyden say the spread and concern over the coronavirus should prompt SSA to reinstate telework. They say recent telework changes remove an important tool SSA could use during a public crisis like the coronavirus outbreak. A wide variety of new telework schedules went into effect for employees this week. Three House members want to stop further across-the-board cuts to agency telework programs. Congressman Jerry Connolly, John Sarbanes, and Jennifer Wexton introduced a new bill to prevent agencies from making broad telework cuts. The Telework Metrics and Cost Savings Act would also require agencies to set annual goals on participation. The Office of Personnel Management would have to set uniform guidance on measuring and reporting telework participation and performance. Officers of the Transportation Security Administration are a step closer to new collective bargaining rights, but it may be in vain. The House passed the Rights for Transportation Security Officers Act. The bill would put TSOs on the general schedule pay scale and expand their due process rights. The bill passed the House with bipartisan support, but the White House says it will veto the bill if it makes it to the president's desk. House members have introduced a similar version of this bill in the past, but it hasn't gone far in the Senate. Independent agencies such as the Federal Communications Commission and the National Labor Relations Board can set regulations without final approval from the White House, but more than 20 Republican senators have written to President Trump asking that he end that exemption. The senators senators urged the president to make independent agencies subject to regulatory review from the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. Meanwhile, Senator James Lankford has introduced a bill to clarify that agencies do not have the authority to enforce guidance documents they release as law. The government's publishing head pushes for a whole new approach to congressional documents. Federal News Network's Tom Temin is here with details. Government Publishing Office Director Hugh Halpern says that after 150 years, it's time for bills and other documents to benefit from electronics. He tells a House panel, by originating digitally, documents no longer should be confined to the tiny type and close line spacing needed to economize in the ink-on-paper era. Halpern says Congress should re-examine the look and feel of its documents so they're easier to author, produce, and consume, and that GPO has the technology required to do so. 
I'm Tom Temin. Former Justice Department CIO Joe Klimovich didn't have to wait long to land a new job. He's joined KPMG as a managing director. He'll run the practice advising federal agencies on how to deal with technology challenges such as moving their operations to the cloud and fending off cyber attackers. The IRS has named longtime criminal investigator Damon Rowe as the head of its new fraud enforcement office. Starting in mid-March, Rowe will oversee the design, development, and delivery of efforts to detect and deter fraud at the agency. In this role, he'll coordinate efforts between the IRS's Criminal Investigations Office and its revenue officers. Rowe will also work closely with the agency's new Promoter Investigation Coordinator to track down fraudulent advertisements for tax help. Matthew Donovan has been nominated as the Pentagon's top personnel official. It's welcome news for an office that's gone through years of vacancies in its top ranks. But in the meantime, the nomination means Donovan will need to step aside. He had been leading the Personnel and Readiness Office as its acting undersecretary, but federal law blocks him from staying in that job while the Senate considers his nomination. For now, he's returned to his previous position, the Undersecretary of the Air Force. In the meantime, Alexis Ross will lead the Personnel and Readiness Office. She's senior advisor to Defense Secretary Mark Esper. The Defense Department's top doctor says coronavirus has not caused much of an issue for the military thus far. He attributes that to the age and fitness of service members. DOD says it's treating a very small number of people for the virus, and they're getting the care they need based on guidelines from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The military services are screening new recruits and taking their temperatures. DOD is also limiting base access in areas like northern Italy and South Korea. Military installations could be powered by small nuclear reactors in the future. The Pentagon is working with companies to see if the reactors may be a way to provide power to bases if the domestic electric grid is compromised. The reactors would be about 2 megawatts and power critical loads on the bases. DOD Acquisition Chief Ellen Lord says the military has been in discussions with companies for about a year on the issue. Lord says the project is a good way to bridge the civil and military nuclear industries. The Navy is hit with a legal challenge to one of the biggest IT contract awards in the federal government's history. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has more. General Dynamics Information Technology is filing a bid protest, challenging last month's $7.7 billion award for the Next Generation Enterprise Network contract. Lidos won that procurement, beating out GDIT and Prospecta. GDIT is the current contract holder for the Navy's OneNet, the network that serves sailors and Marines at overseas locations. The Navy wants to use the new contract to consolidate OneNet into its stateside network, the Navy Marine Corps Intranet. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. The Pentagon is undertaking a long-awaited study on progress payments. Progress payments are partial payments that cover the amount of work completed by a contractor up to the point of invoicing. The Defense Department has proposed reducing the default progress payment rate on defense contracts from 80% to 50%. DOD put off the report late last year because it was waiting for Congress to pass the 2020 defense budget to fund it. Kim Harrington, DOD's acting pricing and contracting lead, is in charge of the study. DOD's Joint Artificial Intelligence Center and the General Services Administration's Centers of Excellence are working together to tackle data challenges around AI. Jake stakeholders and COE members recently participated in several rounds of human-centered design workshops meant to highlight the role of managing data assets for AI. The Jake and COEs have worked together on a range of AI use cases, including cybersecurity, healthcare, predictive maintenance, and business automation. 
The fight over the goals of the Data Center Consolidation Initiative continues between OMB and GAO. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has that story. A new chapter emerges in the six-year-old disagreement between OMB and GAO over the government-wide Data Center Consolidation Initiative. They are clashing over whether cybersecurity risks should be part of the way auditors measure agency progress. In the latest report to Congress, GAO says OMB's decision to change the definition of data centers increases the cyber risk agencies face. This new debate overshadows real progress made by agencies in 2019, where 23 of 24 agencies met or plan to meet the savings and closure goals. I'm Jason Miller. And after receiving 2.6 million job applications, the Census Bureau has begun to hire enumerators for the 2020 population count. The Bureau will conduct phone interviews with applicants starting March 7th. Most positions will begin work in early May to follow up with those who have not responded to the 2020 Census questionnaire on their own. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast, subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. 